My name is Scott Challoner and this is the Leaders' Council podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us on a cloudy winter morning here in the capital, but I'm delighted to say that joining me on the programme, hoping to add a little bit of brightness to affairs, is Jonathan Craig Wright, Director at Clearwell Mine Management Limited, the entity which controls the Clearwell Caves tourist attraction based in the Forest of Dean. Uh, Jonathan, welcome and thank you for joining us on the show today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, glad to be here. It's a real pleasure having you with us as well, uh, Jonathan. Now, I've only, of course, given a very brief overview of yourself and the uh, the business, but just for the listeners tuning in that may not be familiar with Clearwell Caves, um, what is it that you essentially offer as a tourist attraction, please? Um, we are a tourist attraction, but we're also um, a partly working mine, a small um, organisation, really, just producing ochre for making paint. Um, but we open um, mine caverns to the public and uh, visitors come from all over um, and wander down about 100 feet underground. And we've got a, an amazing collection of uh, artifacts and uh, mining equipment that we've also got on display as they walk through. Um, and we do caving activities and take people down underground fairly deep, about 200 feet down. And that takes quite three hours. So quite a lot on offer then as well. And I think it is worth mentioning also that you're fundamentally a family business, um, aren't you, uh, with yourself having taken the reins over from your father, I think I'm right in saying. Yeah, my father um, had the idea for opening up um, one of the abandoned iron mines um, back in the 1960s. And um, he began to um, just gradually open each cavern. And uh, he got to a stage where there were visitors beginning to come and uh, he wanted someone to help him to uh, to, to run the cave and uh, contacted me and asked me if I'd be willing to come over and, and help him with it. And I've been here since 1984, so it's quite a long time. Really. Mm, very long time. And... I suppose in all of those years helping run the business, you've probably never encountered a challenge quite like that that we've seen in the last couple of years since the sort of COVID-19 pandemic has sprung upon us. Um, how has that sort of affected the business from an operational point of view? Um, well, COVID um, has had a very dramatic effect on all hospitality, really. Um, we're just an aspect of it. Um, hospitality is such a big um, sort of broad term, um, but it but it covers a lot of businesses that have been really badly affected. Um, we're obviously trying to work within the rules of the government and trying to keep the business running as a, a viable thing. Uh, but it has been very challenging, and uh, yeah, it's not it's not an easy thing as many people have found. Yeah, exactly right. And one of the big challenges about that, particularly from a business leadership perspective, I can imagine, is actually sort of, you know, making sure that everybody's morale is in the right place and, you know, mental health is where it should be. And that's something certainly that's been amplified over the uh, the last couple of years as well. Um, how has it been for you sort of managing the people side of things within your business over the last couple of years, would you say? Is it taken sort of a change in approach from yourself? Yeah, we've um, we've been faced with having to make um, a number of staff redundant, which um, 
I mean, some of them have worked for us for 20 years. Um, we, it's like a family, and uh, to actually break it up uh, because you need to downsize very rapidly uh, was very hard. And um, yeah, I'm, I must admit that uh, it, it was very challenging and very upsetting, um, but you know, it had to be done. The problem with a family business particularly is that you deal with all of it and the buck stops with you and uh, you just have to focus on what the business needs and to make sure that you survive and can rebuild, which is what we're hoping to do. That's exactly it, isn't it? It's pivoting whichever way you possibly have to. And say, for example, we sort of look back and reflect on this last couple of years at large. Would you say maybe that there's any silver lining from the situation in that maybe you've come away having learned something? From- um, yeah, I'm, it's, it's a difficult lesson to learn, really. Um, but you do have to be harder. Um, and, I, and I must admit that this made me make some very um, hard choices. Um, and I, I've done that in a way that I probably wouldn't have done before COVID. And so I'm, I'm quite glad in a way to have learnt lessons um, and I've spoken to quite a few different people um, that can help advise me as well. And, um, you know, it, it's just hard having to do it though in that way, especially when people are um, very close to you and you've known them for a very long period of time. Um, luckily, we've got um, some core people still and we can rebuild from what from what we've had to do. Yep, that certainly uh, makes sense. And as we think about sort of that rebuilding process, um, we have, of course, entered a new year now. Um, we're hopefully going to soon be out of the acute phase of the pandemic, although there is the variable of new variants um, in the equation as well. But in an ideal world, Jonathan, by this time, say in 2023, where would you sort of like your business to be? What do you really wish to have achieved? I think we're going to have a period of um, just holding and consolidation and um, just keeping it strong. But the business is definitely much smaller. We've downsized, we've stopped some activities for the moment. Um, And what I want to do is get some stability. And once you've, you've got that stability, you can begin to build and plan. Yeah, absolutely. Really, really important just getting onto that stable footing. And then when you think about the G word growth, it's about sort of making sure that it's measured from there, isn't it? And you're not sort of going out beyond your means, I suppose. Um, Just because as well, Jonathan, before we wrap up, a lot of our regular listeners on the podcast do tend to be of that sort of younger entrepreneurial mindset. So as somebody who has sort of run a successful business such as uh, yourself, um, what advice would you give, if any, to a sort of young entrepreneur to really sort of get them on the road to success in the current climate, would you say? Um, well, it's obviously identifying a need. You, you know, the people obviously want what you're doing and then to provide um, that service in a way that um, is perhaps a bit imaginative, a bit different, because uh, it will make you stand out from other people, um, yeah, it's just to um, to look at a way of making your business a slightly different um, aspect of um, what 
about finding your niche, isn't it? And that's incredibly sound advice indeed, of course, finding your niche and then sort of building it up from there. Um, we are unfortunately just about of time, out of time on the programme uh, this morning, Jonathan, but thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been a real pleasure having you and hopefully over the uh, the next year or so, as we start to see the situation improve, fingers crossed, I'd actually relish the opportunity to catch up and have you back on the programme with us just to see, you know, how things are coming along within the business and hopefully there'll be some real good news to share at that point in time. It's been wonderful having you on with us, Jonathan, and I do hope that all of our regular listeners enjoyed the uh, the interview. And um, for anybody tuning in today who may feel that they have their own tale of success and innovation to share with us here at the Leaders' Council, then why don't you also apply to be on the programme via leaderscouncil.co.uk forward slash apply. Um, until next time, everybody, please take care and goodbye.